This is Ed Cohen, your broadcast host today on GlobalRadioTalkShow.com, a news service of Global HR News. I'm based in San Diego, California. Today is February 21, 2020. Our special guest today is Monica Navascuz, based in the Toronto area. Hello, Monica. Welcome. Hi, Ed. How are you? Thanks for having me. Great. Thank you, and happy Friday to you. I am very interested to learn about your new position. I understand you're with Brabkin Corporation and you're vice president, HR business partner for America. So congratulations. Thank you, Ed. Very happy to join the Brabkin family and very happy to be here today with you and, and your audience for sure. Thank you. Well, we first met online and then we met in person when you were involved in our Toronto conference last October. I thank you very much for doing that, and I welcome you to do it again someday when our paths cross again. So tell me about your new position. I understand it's all about skills in today's global world of business. Is that correct? That's correct. So basically, my role is to act as a strategic business partner for my leaders in the organization to help us scale and grow and achieve our business imperatives and strategy through executing on on the talent strategy, basically. And it's a big mandate because I'm in charge of all the Americas territory, and we have a lot of expectations and growth, especially with our mining clients in Canada and in South America, and also with some of our specialty products clients in America. So very excited to join this great organization and Looking forward to be able to partner with all my leaders here. Okay, good. So I want you to spell the name of the company one more time, please. It's Bradken. It's B-R-A-D-K-E-N. I see that the company is based in Edmonton. Is that correct? We have some operations in Edmonton for our olive sands business, but basically our company originated in Australia. And we became part of the Hitachi Group two years ago or so. I see. I'm looking online here. You have a number of employees. It says here 3,650. 3,650. Is that correct? No, uh, we have grown substantially. We are about 4,800 employees globally, around 57 sites across different continents, Asia. Australia, India, and in America, of course. Wow, that's interesting. Wow. So these are leading solutions, guess, for mining equipment parts and innovation and design and manufacture of cast and fabricated iron and steel products. Is that correct? It's correct. So we have a lot of innovation and technical skills among our workforce. And we're looking forward to work more and more as a global organization and improve our processes for sure to exceed the customer's expectations, right? It's a great business world, and I support a diverse workforce from manufacturing sites, but also sales teams, engineering teams, supply chain, and research and development. So you have to wear different hats to be able to understand the needs of your customers 
and from a people and culture perspective, listen to their needs and be able to work as partners. So the kinds of people that you're managing in the corporation is pretty diverse population, I would guess, a lot of different positions. But you have heavy-duty laborers, but you also have financial managers and IT. I, I suspect you have an international population, don't you? Very international. It's very funny how flexible you need to be to be able to work on world schedules, right, and have meetings very early in the morning or very late in the afternoon to be able to be connected worldwide. It's part of being a global workforce and a global organization. And nowadays, really, the lines between work and life are a little blur, as you know. Right. The most important thing is that we really work in an organization that believes in balance and believes on trusting their employees to manage their time and work based on objectives. So to what extent do you move people across borders? Well, that's interesting. Of course, we have a mobility spectrum of our talent function. It will depend on the specific skills that we require and where we require them. I think we're exploring more and more options to have a more global workforce. But I think to your point, the most important thing is to have a workforce that it's diverse on their thought process that is able to work across different cultures and understand different cultures as well, have a very open approach to understand different perspectives and listen to different perspectives, understand the realities of countries and sites and businesses as well, and be flexible, right? More than moving people around, I think the basic objective is to have a workforce that is really operating with global skills, that has the ability to manage a diverse workforce and even manage a remote workforce, right? People that you don't see maybe every day, but you're on the phone, you are on Skype or Zoom calls. Also, the ability to understand international markets and the reality of the businesses. The business, the markets, the governments are different in South America, for example, than in North America. So what's your ability to understand those differences and keep up with those demands of international markets, but also the ability to work across multiple locations and, and oversee multiple locations, as well as the cultural sensitivity that I was mentioning before. And one of the things that is my favorite, for sure, it's the ability to speak the language of the people. Have foreign language skills for me is important. The ability to talk to people in their own language is critical. So, for, for example, if I visit South America, of course, I love to use my Spanish skills and people really appreciate that you are able to speak to them directly. And of course, if I go to Quebec, I'm missing my French classes. I said I should have been better at them because I really forgot most of my French, but it's, it's a skill that I need to bring back to life and, and, and leverage for sure because it's a true advantage and makes a whole difference when you're operating with these global skills, right? Wow, this is really exciting, frankly, for me to hear about this new life for you. Once again, we're talking with Monica, and she's a VP of HR business partner for Bradken, B-R-A-D-K-E-N, one of the world's leading solutions providers for mining equipment parts. 
specializing in the innovative design and manufacture of cast and fabricated iron and steel products. And so this is worldwide. And so I'm reading here on, on the website that the company is a wholly owned subsidiary of Australia-based Hitachi Construction Machinery Company. That's correct. Yeah, this is giant-sized company with a worldwide network of foundries, manufacturing facilities, and sales services centers, tremendous geographical diversity, and obviously diversity of people. So with this cross-section of people and cultures coming together, what's your take on this? What's the best way that you're advising the company to communicate across cultures and across time? That's a fantastic question, Ed. And, you know, I was mentioning about the global skills and global operation skills or mindset. It's pretty important. But also across the world, there are certain things that are common, right, which is the need for have an interpersonal connection, a great connection, even if it's a, just a business connection, and also great communication skills. So across the globe and, and, and being complex organization and, and organizations that are growing and transforming, it's super important that we have people that understand that it's about collaboration and brainstorming. It's never my way or the highway. It's about co-creativity and listening to all the ideas and really have an inclusive approach I think I haven't worked in, in any culture that doesn't appreciate this. So all of us want to feel included and part of the solution. And also, we want to have strong teamwork and feeling that we're part of a teamwork, especially when we are virtual teams, right? We are remote teams in global organizations like ours. It's super important that we have this top of mind. So whenever we have the chance to meet in person, it's so important that we build those strong connections, strong bonds within our teams. So later we can keep working just looking at a camera or a screen because there's precious opportunities to meet maybe once a year, twice a year, face to face, and the rest of the dynamic will happen over an iPhone, over a computer. And that's a specific skill, really, that some people don't understand. At first, you have to create those bonds and relationships, and then it's easier to maintain them throughout the work and, and, and the challenges that you will face in a normal day-to-day -day work. And also, I can't stress enough how important it is, not only the message, but how do you send the message, either emails or phone calls or oral communication. As I mentioned before, for me, the language is super important. And I've learned that people appreciate you being able to have the language skills to be able to communicate under language. But also, when we send emails, we tend to abuse them pretty much, right? And you have, I don't know, 100 emails a day, 200 emails a day. So when do you need an email? When do you need to meet face-to-face? -face? When do you need a phone call? Those kind of skills are very top-notch nowadays because, again, everything is happening on the devices and some people tend to abuse them. So being able to train and, and coach our managers and, and leaders and employees 
on those critical skills about communication, I think it's very, very important. Thank you very much for the, that deep dive into that. I know that from our prior conversations, and you're talking at our recent Toronto event, you're a trusted advisor with the ability to coach and build relationships, internal and external. And with such a diversity of talent and people and countries that you're dealing with now, I would think that you're going to be working nonstop. It's it's about balance, right? And they said, love what you do and you'll never have to work again, right? I'm living the dream and enjoying what I do pretty much. So I love being a coach so much that, as you know, I do it as part of my volunteer work as well. So, you know, I want you to tell us a little bit about your volunteer work. That's involved with helping new immigrants to Canada, if I remember correctly. Yes. So I've been a volunteer with different organizations in Canada to help people transition to employment. We are a country of immigrants, and most of our immigrants are qualified professionals. They apply and they come, maybe with family or without them, with big dreams to have a very successful career in this fantastic country that I made mine and that I love. But they face a lot of challenges, not only because there's still some barriers to employment, and there's still a lot of employers in Canada that ask for Canadian experience. And what you should be asking is for global operating skills. Do you have the ability to manage diverse employees? Do you have the ability to work in in different languages? And do you have the ability to communicate and have cultural sensitivity versus do you have Canadian experience, right? Because you're going to work with colleagues from your own country in your new work and colleagues from all over the world in your new job in Canada. So the Canadian experience for me is still a gap for some employers. We need to educate them better. And if we have a very strong candidate coming from any place in the world, we should understand that it's different to have those skills and abilities, having experience working in India, for example, but he's been working maybe with global teams and remote teams, maybe reporting to the U.S. even. So the Canadian experience is really a fallacy, I will say, that we need to be able to be open. So part of my job with my volunteer work is to coach my mentees on how to present themselves, how to sell their global skills and their interpersonal communication skills in the Canadian market to show their value and be able to bridge to employment very, very quickly. So communicating that value to the bosses, I don't know how else to say this, but communicating. The hiring managers, yeah. Yeah, right, right. So is that being accepted? I think so, yes. So again, Canada is a fantastic country for immigration, and we embrace immigrants, and we are all Canadians. We are all new Canadians, or we're all Canadians after a little while, and we don't discriminate for that for where do we come from or or what is our mother language, I will say that the vast majority is very diverse and open and embrace immigration as one of our main strategies for our economy as well. So we know it's good for our economy and our country. Now, employers are a little, I'm going to say a little scared about them being the first ones to take 
the leap of faith with a newcomer. So there are a few of those organizations that are the brave ones. In some cases, some of the big banks have some of these processes or projects where they hire new Canadians, but also are we hiring them at the level where they were at? So in some cases, I have a very senior project manager with a lot of certifications, perfect English skills, but maybe I'm giving him a lesser level job. And these people, like, again, with 10, 12, 20 years of experience, maybe have to start all over again and and prove themselves in the market because some employers are scared to say, yes, this person was a manager in his home country. He can be a manager here, for example. So is how do we help bridge that gap? And as you know, with global mobility, when we move talent across, we move talent regardless of their country to their same level job or to an upper level job because they've they've been working with the company for a certain period of time already. So they've been proving their value and, and that they will perform. In the case of the market, when it's a newcomer with no connections, nobody knows me in this country, again, it's very scary for employers to take the leap of faith and it's challenging for the newcomers to find their dream job. Well, thank you. I really appreciate you going into this. Monica Navascuse from Bradcan Corporation, based in the Toronto area. Thanks for being our guest today on GlobalRadioTalkShow.com. It's been inspirational to see you move from pharmaceutical industry into this natural resources industry in a much bigger way. Congratulations to you. Thank you very much, Ed. It's been great talking to you as always, and all the best to you and to your listeners. Thank you for listening, and all the best. Thank you. Take care now. This is Ed signing off in San Diego, California, globalradiotalkshow.com. Yes, I think to myself.